There are few films today that have endured a studio's embarrassment than Ken Russell's The Devils. The movie, now 45 years old, is still a stripped version of what the director intended it to be, with little to no signs of Warner Brothers releasing it uncut anytime soon. So what is it that makes the movie so dangerous? And what deranged madman could helm such blasphemy? Hi, I'm Duncan McLeish and you're listening to Chronicle Podcast, an almanac of old world horrors. Ignition, T-10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, liftoff. Welcome back to Season 2 of Chronicle Podcast, an almanac of old world horrors. I'm your host, Duncan McLeish, and this is episode number 3 in Season 2 of the show. In the last episode, we looked at the 1970 witch movie, Mark of the Devil. In this episode, we continue our journey into witchcraft and European horror cinema by looking at The Devils from 1971. If this is your first time listening to Chronicle Podcast, please go back and listen to our debut episode. It sets the stage for what's to come on this season two. Can I thank everyone who checked out our first episode and second episode of this new season of the show and left me all the kind words of support and feedback on the Facebook group page. Our group page may only be small in numbers, but the voices of those who are members are loud and passionate about horror cinema, and I'm immensely proud to be back with this new season of six episodes every two weeks. To join the Facebook group page for the show, please head over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash chronicle podcast. Like I said a few minutes ago, This season of Chronicle is exclusively focused on witchcraft and European horror cinema and we still have some incredibly weird and downright disturbing movies to cover in our remaining episodes. And few movies have incurred the wrath of the church and indeed the studio distribution system as much as this movie we're about to look at this week. 45 years on from its release date, it can still only be viewed in its censored cut state. You're listening to Chronicle Podcast. Stay with us. To say that Warner Brothers were having a rough time in 1971 would be nothing short of a massive understatement. Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange had the studio firefighting on both sides of the pond. The movie's strict adherence to the violent acts and depravity of the novel had been lambasted by the National Catholic Office for Motion Pictures in the United States. The censors awarding the movie nothing short of an X certificate. And then, to top things off, it was pulled entirely from UK cinemas at the bequest of Kubrick himself following a copycat crime. 
whilst a clockwork orange would signal the beginning of a series of troubled film distributions. It is easy to overlook or quite frankly be uninformed as to the similar fate the studio had suffered mere months earlier when another X-rated movie had come under fire by the church. The movie was The Devils by English director Ken Russell. When filming began in the mid-1970s, Ken Russell had been riding high with an Oscar nomination and the critical commercial success he'd received for his 1969 movie, Woman in Love. Where Russell would use the source material of Woman in Love to put forward a commentary about the relaxed attitudes and liberation of sex in the 1960s, it drew much adoration as it did condemnation from critics and viewers alike. Against this wave of controversy, his next project would begin to mark the director's most controversial work yet. A movie which has just as much stigma held against it now as it did when it was released. The Devils, set against the backdrop of 17th century France, sees Louis XIII under direct influence by Cardinal Richelieu whose attempts to gain further say and power are slowly bearing fruit. Richelieu convinces the king that all strongholdings within the French cities should be torn down in order to prevent any possible uprising by the Protestant populace. The king agrees to all but one town, the town of Luden, after it transpires that he has given his word to the governor that he will not make any damages to his town. The governor, in the meantime, has passed away, and control of the city has been left in the hands of Urban Grandier, who is well respected, albeit disillusioned. Grandier is engaging in an affair with the relative of another priest called Father Mingo, and is the object of an obsession by a neurotic handicapped sister by the name of Janine. When Grandier marries, in secret, a woman by the name of Madeline, Sister Janine finds out and is driven insane with jealousy. One day, Madeline is returning a book that Sister Janine had loaned to her, and the sister attacks her and calls her a fornicator. Meanwhile, Baron Lebermont has arrived with orders that he is to demolish the city. Grandier orders the Baron to cease and his orders are disregarded, so he orders the town's soldiers to make Lebermont stand down. As Grandier departs to speak to the king, Father Mignon takes up position as confessor to the sisters. In this role, Sister Jeanine confesses that she is fully aware of Grandier's marriage and all his affairs. During the confession, as she is worked up, she also makes claims that Grandier possessed her with satanic powers and witchcraft. Father Mignon passes the information on to the Baron, but the father only tells of the claims of witchcraft that Grandier has in fact bewitched the entire convent and has made deals with the devil. As Grandier is away, the two men decide to gather as much information and evidence as they can for his return and summon the rather mad Father Pierre Barr, who is known to be a professional witch hunter of sorts. 
His methods of interrogation usually entail extreme exorcisms and forced enemas. As the convent reaches a fever pitch of sorts, all the nuns follow suit to Sister Janine's claims, which begin as a mass orgy-like exorcism where the nuns begin to remove their clothes in a rage-like frenzy. The king arrives in the town in disguise, claiming that he is a keeper of a holy object that can exorcise the demons that are possessing the nuns. And when the witch hunter uses the relics, the nuns appear to be exorcised. The king then reveals that there was no holy object, which brings about a mass group orgy in the church, with depravity rung up to another level. The nuns perform sexual acts to the crucifix on the altar. When Grandier returns to the town, he is arrested along with his wife and subject to a staged trial. Grandier is shaved and then tortured and then sentenced to death. Before he is executed, he manages to convince Mignon that he is indeed innocent of the claims. This does not stop the judges demanding that his execution continue and he is ordered to burn at the stake. Lubamont has since been granted permission to lay waste to the town's fortifications. At Grandier's execution, the executioner offers to hang Grandier rather than the slow, painful death of the fire. But the witch hunter in haste starts the fire anyway. Mignon decides that Grandier is indeed innocent and to save his slow death pulls the noose tight in an attempt to swiftly kill Grandier in an act of mercy. As Grandier is being hung above the flames, the city walls are destroyed, causing the population to flee. In the aftermath, it is revealed that Barre has left to continue witch hunting and that Mignon was committed to an asylum for professing Grandier's innocence. Lubermont passes the charred femur bone of Grandier to Sister Janine, who masturbates with it. Madeline, now a widow, is seen leaving the ruins of the city as the movie ends. You're listening to Chronicle Podcast. Stay with us. Upon the movie's release, the film drew immediate outrage from the Catholic Church and other religious institutions. And despite heavy studio interference and censorship, the Devils still garnered an X rating in the United States due to the sexually explicit content and let's not forget the violence. Warner Brothers, who had acquired the distribution rights after United Artists dropped the film during pre-production, made two of the most significant cuts to the film. The first cut involved a scene towards the end of the film where Sister Jeanine is told that Grandier has finally been burned at the stake. She's given a souvenir of sorts, a charred femur bone. The cut portion of the scene continues and Sister Janine masturbates with Grandier's remains. This not only illustrates how broken and low she is as a character, but reinforces that Grandier's martyrdom came as a direct result of her jealousy and repression. 
The second and perhaps most significant censor scene is referred to as the Rape of Christ. Following Sister Janine's accusations at Grandier, which are a direct result of him turning down the opportunity to be the convent's confessor and secretly marrying another woman, the entire convent erupts into chaos, with the sisters falling under the sway of the mother superior's hysterics. The church then sends officials to document and perform exorcisms on the women, which are completely invasive and ineffective. In the penultimate scene, a massive exorcism in town turns into a frenzied orgy in which the nuns remove their robes and create chaos inside the church, tearing pages out of the Bible and running amok before finally writhing and humping against a giant crucifix. These scenes would go on to further cement this movie's place as the most controversial and most banned film of all time. And even 45 years on from the movie's release, The Devils has never been seen in its full entirety. While Russell's uncut film runs approximately 111 minutes, the only versions available top out at 108 or 109 minutes. In 2002, critic Mark Kermode found a treasure trove of deleted scenes, including the rape of Christ, which were thought to be destroyed. This longer version of the film premiered at the 2006 Brussels International Film Festival of Fantasy Film. It was shown at a smattering of special events over the years, usually featuring a post-film Q&A with Russell, but it has never been screened since and the movie's legacy in the United Kingdom is one that is still unclear. On the 18th of May 1971, the BBFC awarded an X certificate to the cut version of the film. Because of the scale of the changes made to the film, including the deletion of one entire scene, it was difficult to calculate accurately how much was removed from the film between January and May 1971. However, we can see from the time difference between 111 minutes to 108 minutes that several minutes of the movie were removed. Unfortunately, the opening of the film in the summer of 1971 coincided with then-director-secretary of the BBFC, John Trevelyan's departure. He was a big fan of Ken Russell, but had opposed some of the scenes in this movie. And unfortunately, his successor, Stephen Murphy, was left to pick up the flack for cuts that were not really his decision. Controversy had been whipped up even furthermore by Mary Whitehouse's Festival of Light campaign, and there were calls for the film to be banned outright. A number of local authorities within the United Kingdom indeed responded to the controversy by banning the film in their areas. In America, the film also caused widespread controversy and attracted an X rating from the US classification body, the MPAA. This X rating would mean that the film would be refused an airing by many of the major cinema chains and could not be advertised in the press. Warner were therefore obliged to cut the film by another six minutes on top of the cuts already made by the United Kingdom in order to produce a film that was acceptable for an R rating. 
It was this R-rated edit of the film, rather than the BBFC's approved cinema version that was released on video in the United Kingdom in the early 1980s. And with the introduction of the Video Recordings Act in 1984, the film was classified 18 without further cuts, but was a very different film to the one released in UK cinemas in 1971. The original UK cinema version remains unavailable on video in the United Kingdom until 1997, when it was resubmitted to the BBFC following a successful airing on BBC Two in 1995. This version restored the material cut in America but did not restore the material originally cut by Warner and the BBFC. Much of the footage originally cut in 1971 was subsequently unearthed, as mentioned earlier on. The film was then again submitted to the BBFC in the United Kingdom in November 2011 for classification on DVD as it was exactly the same cut version as been previously passed as 18 on VHS in 1997, it was again classified as 18, with the BBFC insight of contains strong violence and sexualised nudity. As it stands at the date of this recording in September 2016, Warner Brothers have no inclination or desire to release the film fully uncut. You're listening to Chronicle Podcast. Stay with us. And you've been listening to Chronicle Podcast, and this has been Season 2, Episode 3, and we've been looking at Ken Russell's The Devils from 1971. As always, can I thank everyone who has supported this show, shared, liked, and left reviews on iTunes. This is the best way to support the podcast and make sure that we bring you more content in the months to come. Remember, it only takes a few seconds to leave feedback on iTunes and the more of it we get, the higher in the ratings we will be featured and more chance that more horror fans will check out this show. A huge thanks to Von Herzog for the intro and outro music featured on Chronicle Podcast. Please go over and support his work. And as always, a list of all the artists whose music is featured on this episode will be listed in the show notes. Please remember that we have a Facebook group page and that you can join and contact me by visiting facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash chronicle podcast. Chronicle Podcast is exclusively available on Legion Podcast Network, surrounded by a multitude of fantastic shows. This week, I recommend listening to Duncan and Bo Come Correct. That's right, it features yours truly and the fantastic Bo Ransdell of the Hero Hero Ghost Show. Each episode is given a theme, a genre of cinema. We select a movie for each other that we know the other person hasn't seen and at the end we decide who had the best suggestion or who in fact came most correct. You can listen to Duncan and Bo Come Correct exclusively on Legion Podcast Network by visiting legionpodcast.com And finally, if you want to listen to more of me, Talk Horror, then you can check out my other show, The Podcast Under The Stairs at tputzcast.com or on iTunes.
Chronicle podcast was written, recorded and produced by me for you. Join me in two weeks' time where I look at the maestro Dario Argento's witch movie, Suspiria. But until the next time, remember, the most important reason for going from one place to another is to see what's in between. This is Duncan McLeish from Chronicle Podcast, an almanac of old world horrors. Until the next time. Ignition. T minus 10.